Hey devs, you're tuning into the debug log number 54. So today's episode is all about freelancing in the game industry. Uh, interesting story, I was actually talking to a coworker today about you know some of the difficulties and issues he was having with freelancing uh, and some of the gigs he had as well. So that actually sparked the idea for us to bring this show and discussion to you guys. So in the show, we try to address some of the common questions and issues that developers start to ask themselves as they get started in freelancing uh, within this game industry. So if you're out there and you're not sure exactly where to begin in freelancing, this episode should surely shed some light on that. Uh, so yeah, we got a great show ahead, uh, awesome game of the week, and we're sure you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 54. You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Obino Opara. My name's Andrew Curry. My name's Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. Yes, and here we go. Today's episode is going to be about freelance in game development, or game industry, I guess. <laughs> uh, we're missing uh, Zach, unfortunately. I, I don't know what he's doing. He said he was creeping in a club yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing something weird. <laughs> he anyway, had his chloroform on him. So. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're better without him. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't say that, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, so yeah, today's uh, all about freelancing, getting started with freelancing, a freelance how-to guide, essentially. So yeah, before we uh, get started, I just want to remind everyone about our iTunes reviews and how much they really help us. So please, you know, go on iTunes, sign up, uh, write us a quick review because they really, really help, uh, help us uh, produce a better show, get good content out, and... Uh, yeah, so do that. <laughs> iTunes review. We really like to read them. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate it. Exactly. Cool. So freelancing in the game industry. Uh, again, I just want to remind you guys that this is just like a basic how-to to get getting started with freelancing in the game industry. Uh, wherever you are in that, I guess, in your life, whether you're like a full-time uh, developer working professionally or you're just, you know, indie developer out of school, fresh out of college, uh, and looking for, you know, the next steps. Um, but we'll go into more detail there uh, in a bit. Uh, before we get started, you know, can one of you guys just define what, you know, freelancing is in general? What is freelancing? Like my opinion, just like what I, I mean, cause... no, no, no. Give me the Webster. Give me the Webster definition of oh, what Lord. freelancing is generally. <laughs> just go on, look it up. <laughs> It doesn't have to be Webster. Come on, guys. It's like not working for a company, right? I guess so. It's like if you're not on the payroll of some company, but you're basically like contract work. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's selling your talents and skills as a service to companies, projects, and people who are willing to pay. (laughs) I did not just read that off of something. (laughs) You just read that. Webster defines love. (laughs) You said (laughs) Webster's. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, freelancing is just, like you said, selling your your skills. And it's basically like, and Andrew said, you know, not working for... Uh, a company or having an employer that is overseeing you, uh, just doing your own thing, you know, work where you want, when you want, uh, uh, delivering services and products that you want to deliver. That's what freelancing is. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, and basically how you get started with all that. Um, so what you guys say is like freelancing, you consider freelancing like a, a indie thing or like someone only, something only like indie should do or college students should do or people who don't have kids should do? Like what do you consider like a freelancer? Well, it, it, it really depends. It really depends. Uh, not only on, on your um, economic financial situation, but also in your personality. Because, um, for example, if you're someone uh, that really appreciates and likes stability, um, maybe freelancing is not for you. Just because you might have a contract, but this month, but next month, you might not have anything. So you're going to get super stressed out. <laughs> so if you like uh, stability, uh, my advice is go ahead and find a, a full-time job or a part-time job and do a freelancing part-time. Yeah, actually, we'll get into that so, a little later about, you know, Eduardo mentioned like the full-time freelancer versus the part-time freelancer. Um, actually, another question I wanted to ask you guys is just, you know, when you're when you talk about freelancing, you're kind of talking about, you know, like Eduardo said, the time that you have, how much time you have available to, you know, dedicate to these services versus, 
you know, a, the talent that you have as a, you know, professional or as a as a model or as a programmer, as a sound engineer. Um, so I guess my question is, is there like is there a, a measurable, I guess, line where you can say, hey, at this moment in my career and my growth as a developer, game developer, I can start freelancing. Is there a moment where, you know, there's a certain amount of time you need to have or is there a certain amount of talent you need to have to be a freelancer? Do you want to succeed? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, no, it's, it's, a, it's a very tough thing to peg, I think, because it's you're right, there's a lot of variables that go into it. And I think, personally, anybody can be a freelancer. But, you know, sort of like you said, maybe the first thing is, you know, see what your time is, see what your budget is, and then maybe that'll make you decide whether you want, maybe I'll do it part-time or maybe I'll do it full-time because, you know, some people just in general in their lives, like, you know, I'm a full-time developer with a company, so heck, we could even go into like just contractual obligations there. But outside of that, you know, it's like, how much time do I have when I get home to do like something on my own? It's like, I couldn't dedicate 40 hours a week to somebody else. So, you know, it, it I don't know, I guess... It, it just depends on your situation a lot, you know what I mean? And I think your life will help push you in the direction of what sort of freelancer you might want to be. But I think in general, if you want to be a freelancer, you want to have that control and be able to choose, then you could probably find a way to do it. So, Gotcha. Yeah, and also I think it doesn't uh, necessarily relate to uh, an age or anything like that because even if you're a beginner, you can be a freelancer. Of course, uh you should not charge as much as a, a person that has 10 years of experience uh, because someone that is looking for that type of experience is never going to hire you. So you're going to waste your time and uh, everybody's time in general. So just start low. But freelancing is one of these things that um, you have to do it to get better at it. So if you want to be a freelancer, it doesn't matter if you don't have experience, just start for um with with small jobs and you will get it done well yeah i mean i think that freelancing i mean really the the biggest factor in freelancing is it's about who you know <laughs> you know it doesn't matter how much success i mean experience or success you have i've been in companies that hired because because the higher end the more professional end of freelancing is consulting or you get people that have been in the industry for 30 years and they have a consulting thing or they do that freelance and they come into a company and give them advice and stuff. That's still freelancing. But that's all based on what a company is willing to pay you. And that all comes from knowing somebody. You can't just, I don't think you can just apply to a company and say, hey, I want to freelance. Usually it's you know somebody there saying, hey, you know, I could help out if you, it, it, like we said before, it's like freelancing is all about those personal relationships and networking. It's not about the work you're doing. It's about finding your next five jobs and getting somebody to pay you for it. It seems like it's more of that smoke show. Whether you do a good job, that's fine in the end, too. But it, it really is about who you know and how much they're willing to pay for you and then how, how much you can prove yourself. Yeah, and I, I think that what you just said at so the end was probably what sums it up. And I think and I think that's what, I guess, the takeaway should be is about how you look at freelancing. I think the most important thing about freelancing is knowing that is it's just a game of competing values, competing skill sets, and relative skill sets. So... Like uh, Edward, uh, Andrew was saying, like it it's depends on like like how valuable you make your skill to be whoever to whoever whatever clientele you're going towards. However valuable you can say, hey, I can even you know like you said, like Eduardo said, you could be fresh out of school, but you could have a strong skill set in how you communicate with others, and that is sellable right. skill set. It doesn't have to be that's politics. Yeah, that's politics. Yeah. That's something that you yeah. can sell and make and make a service out of. So it really and and all marketing is part of game development and part of the game industry. So you can yeah, I mean I've seen I I was just gonna say I've seen just to add on your point real mm -hmm. quick for going like I've seen kids that were like quote-unquote interns but basically freelancers that were doing so much work and super talented and getting way underpaid but that's what they were willing to do it for you exactly. know and i've seen people at a corporations that come in as consultants they get paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars to tell you something that could last a conversation exactly you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> exactly um so yeah so i guess yeah the takeaway is no matter where you are really uh in your i guess game industry game career uh, you probably can find a spot depending on who you are in you know the world of a realm of freelancing, uh, which actually kind of segues to a, a, a 
interesting point and where we want to go next is like determining whether freelancing is right for you. I know Ryan touched on it earlier and just saying, you know, freelancing is not for everybody. Not everyone can be a freelancer. Um, not everyone has the time to be a freelancer or just the patience or I guess organization to be a freelancer. So I guess we want to talk about uh, actually before we get into like determining, I guess, how you determine if freelancing is right for you, I guess we could talk about the some of the general advantages and disadvantages of freelancing. Um, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, so one of the things I think we've already mentioned is just being able to choose your own schedule um, when it comes to freelancing. If you're working for a corporation, you can't choose your schedule. You're working a nine to five or a ten to whatever or maybe a night shift anyways, but you can't choose your schedule. You have to, you know, adhere to a certain schedule. That's awesome. If you like to sleep. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I were a freelancer, I will wake up every day. 12 o'clock. <laughs> ah, so nice. Exactly. Uh, so in addition to like choosing your own schedule, you can also choose like where you want to work. So you're not having to drive. Like I remember back when I was in Atlanta, I had to drive what 45, 50 minutes just to get to work. So you don't have to go to a certain cubicle every day at a certain time. Um, you can you know go to the beach. You can go to a Starbucks. You can go to um, repping Starbucks there, but any you know coffee shop or anywhere you want to go and just do your work there. To, you know, assuming you have all your equipment there. Um, another great advantage of freelancing is you can work how you want. Um, a lot of people, even like in your my previous company or in my current company, just having an overseer or someone watching over you, telling you to do certain things a certain way, that can be annoying. Uh, and sometimes it's a reason why a lot of people and freelancers and entrepreneurs in general just get started is because, hey, I don't want this person breathing over my shoulder telling me exactly how to, you know, do wrapping on a model or, or, you know, doing textures on a model. I know how to do these things or do want to do it a certain way. Um, so there, there's that opportunity and freedom to do what you want to do and how you want to do. However, that's super useful when you're starting, like just listening to what like the more experienced developers, uh, have to say. So listening is a good skill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, continue. Uh, another good thing is like this actually touches on what andrew was saying about just networking and i think ryan said about how like oh you worked on uh your friend's website or something like that but it's just really easy to start freelancing it's because it does come down to who you know especially in the beginning um so like finding clientele can be as easy as, hey, friends, do you need a website? Hey, friends, do you need a model? Do you need me to draw a concept art for or do you need some sound uh, engineering for uh, your game? Uh, so it could be really easy to start um, because it all depends on who you know. Yeah, that that point there, that's one I'm a little on the fence of because I, th- I think that may be a, an advantage and disadvantage about having to build that network because depending on how strong your starting network is, it may be a big advantage. You know, like you know a lot of people and you can kind of get going. You may have been in the industry for a little while and have all these feelers out, mm-hmm. but you know, if you're well, at least personally, I found when I was fresh out of school, just even getting into say the game industry as a just a regular workaday schmo, you know, it's like. Yeah, that was tough like in building that network you had to really work to go say um like we'll touch on some of this later like go to like meetups or like you know just talk you yeah. know, like talk to people with like interests and stuff like that so yeah could, that one could really yeah. go either way and i think maybe a lot of that could be where you are yeah. in your career Actually, too to, to go off what you're saying uh ryan i think it might be smart for me to take this conversation a little bit in a different direction just in saying uh you know making that clarification between you know the full-time freelancer because there is the option to be a full-time freelancer which is hey i'm dropping my my full-time job and i'm just going to do this all day every day or doing you know making my schedule as i see fit or you also have the other option where you could do part-time freelancing where you still do have that nine to five you still have do have that that security blanket or that income and salary that's coming in but then for doing freelancing on the side so i may be it may be good to talk about these advantages and disadvantages in relation to those two types of freelancing yeah that's a good point yeah so um i guess another advantage um for freelancing generally is just it's really it can be fast to get started um and for the part-time 
freelancer, you know, you you already have your skill set. Well, like, well, I guess we, this is going to be another uh, piece we're going to cover later, but just like clarifying your skill set is just after you do clarify your skill set and say, hey, this is a service I'm good at. This is, you know, a skill I'm good at. It's easy to get started because so, once you've identified that, you can say, hey, let me just find my clientele and then that's what I'm going to market to them. Um, you don't really have to uh, do much outside of that. Um, again, you usually have, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, if you're already in games, you've been doing games on the side for the longest, you probably have the equipment that you need to get started. You probably have Unity, you probably have, you know, a computer, you have a microphone if you're doing like sound stuff, you have instruments, you know, you have that kind of, that equipment already. So it's that overhead of getting all your things ready is not really there. Um, it's, it's more sometimes, it's, maybe more on the like administrative things that you need to do to get started. Yeah, and you also probably have a portfolio too, which will be yeah, a big Yeah, that's help actually as well. a really huge thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh so yeah, I think I kind of covered that and just like uh I guess going along with that is just how affordable it is to get started because again, like you do you have all the equipment, you have your computer, um you have your tablets, etc. Uh, and then the advantage uh, this actually goes back to some of our experiences in our previous companies about that uh, that ability and freedom to choose your clientele. Uh, it could be your friends, it could be your family, it could be friends of friends, but you have that ability to choose who you want to work with. You don't have to always work with that <laughs> that clinician or that other company or studio that is just hard Ouch. to work with. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I mean, that's a huge advantage. Like, um, do you guys want to speak on that at all? Just like how that can be it. All about like, well, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's like you get to sort of choose. So if somebody's, what, what? Siri, no, go away. Um, <laughs> she's like, that's what I thought. But anyway, sorry. But like to your point, it's like you can, you're easy. It's easier to walk away or to you know, find something you like to a degree because, you know, like you said, if stuff's going south with somebody and like, you just feel like you're not building that rapport, that reputation, that sort of connection. It's like, you can just say, you know what, this will be our last one. I'm off to the next thing, you know, and it's, and it's kind of a known thing, right? You don't necessarily expect a freelancer to be around forever. So, you know, I, you know, and then on the flip side of that is you can like, you know, deny work too, hopefully, if you're in such a good position, you can, but you can start building relationships and just picking the clients you'd prefer to work with. Because, you know, you starting out, you may have a few like, oh, that one's pretty good. Oh, that one sucked. Oh, that, well, that one was great. And then once you build enough of these, oh, that was not bad or that was great, then you can just tell the other ones that weren't good to just like, sorry, no, I'm booked. Get out of here. You don't have to deal with them anymore. So... Yeah, besides doing, uh, like, increasing your clientele, um, Maybe one of your clients uh, start a company uh, or establish their their startup um, and hire you as a full-time um, programmer or game developer, uh, and you don't have to do freelancing anymore if you don't want to. Yeah, it could be a very fluid thing like that. You build these rapports, and then you're like, oh, okay, great. Well, maybe I'll go work with these guys for a couple of years as full-time because I really enjoy that. And then I'm like, oh, I want to go do my own thing again, and I'll dip back into my client database or something. Now, one of, one of the things that I, I think that is the one of the most important things when you're a, a freelancer is that uh, you build a network of connections that uh, last longer uh, than just going to a meetup because you're actually working with these people they know that you're good or you're bad uh, and they can then they can connect you to other people so just being being uh, really conscious of your work and responsible and always doing your best uh, is something that that you have to do when you are a freelancer well that's a like because I mean yeah the biggest advantage when someone like kind of wraps up a lot of these is it, the keyword yeah. is freedom, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's freedom to work more efficiently, freedom to do do the, go after the kind of jobs you want to, freedom to do. I mean, you can kind of do all these things with companies, I guess, but it's a it's a. I mean, you can choose what company you work for, and you can quit that job. So you do, you always can't do that too. But this allows you to you know this that fluidity and flexibility. But and we'll get into disadvantages about that clientele. But you made a good point, Eduardo. It's like the fact that. If it does work out, in the best case scenario, you do make a big network of people that trust you. That it's not only freedom; mm -hmm. that's a huge safety net, because mm -hmm. then you have people that really do. They're not just oh, he was a good worker or something. You know, it's like they trust you; they know you can get things done. So 
say you don't have a lot of you know contracts and you like ryan said you want to jump back in it's like hey i don't mind working for you guys like full time for a couple of years you know yeah. you always had that option you know to do that you can always fall back to that easily cool yeah and, and you mentioned the disadvantage and i think it's a good opportune time to jump into those as well because especially about building clientele and maintaining clientele uh because there are going to be some times where you know the project doesn't get done in time or you know there's some friction between you and the client about maybe money or how the contract was handled and then you know the relationship is you know kind of torn in a in a way that <laughs> things don't end as well as you wanted them to and that 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 can be also a very negative thing on just you even like emotionally uh could be negative financially of course uh, but yeah just maintaining those especially like if your clientele happens to be uh, like we mentioned earlier, it could be a friend. It could be a friend of a friend. And those relationships can also get, you know, ruined as well or, or at least damaged in just how you manage certain projects and, and freelancing projects that you do with them. So that could have cascading effects <laughs> and negative effects uh, when you're trying to maintain and build those relationships, especially when things don't go the way that you've seen them going. Yeah, and that's what I would say. I, that's what we talked we mentioned this before, but that's the <laughs> the biggest disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's the biggest liability. It's like it, it, it's it's like I because I we mentioned like I did, I did, I've never done game freelancing, but I used to have my own like web design, web development stuff business for a while, and that was the, right at the time I was going back to school for like computer science and stuff. And I think that's when that happened. I had to stop because when you're freelancing, it's like it all you have to spend all your time working. Uh, to find clients, but also when you have those clients, it's not just like a job. You're like, well, with a normal kind of job, you get to like push stuff off and go, well, we can hit it next week or something. With freelance, it's like, I got to get this done for tomorrow or I'm going to look really bad. Like you, you are beholden to them on a level that you're not because it's like a direct representation of yourself and it, there's no, there's no bureaucracy or just studio structure to kind of yeah. you soften that blow. So Everything you do, like, that's why I had to quit doing it, because I was like, well, I have to do school. I can't decide between doing a paper and finishing this yeah. job the next day. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, that's the biggest liability is always trying to find new work, always trying to reach out and network, like Eduardo said, and not just in a fun way. Like, hey, I'm a developer and I'm starting to network and get me people. Yeah. It's like, no, I have to find people because because you said before, it's like you get to choose your clients, but. The dark lane, like, I said that the, the positive extreme of that is that you have a nice network, a bed of people. The, the opposite end of that negative spectrum is that you don't yeah, get yeah. to choose your clients because you're desperate and you have to do yeah. what you have to do. So that can be uh -huh. a bad side of it. Yeah, but if, if everything works out, uh, you might reach a point where you don't have to find any new. Yeah, we're talking about uh, negatives. Don't get distracted. Be positive. The secret, guys. The secret. Positive. Oh, you did. Yeah, you, yeah, that is a good point. Some of that networking, if you get yeah, to some yeah, part, can sure. be self-perpetuating, word of mouth. Yeah. yeah, so you you don't have to find new clients because you work with your, your normal clients or they um, talk with their friends or co-workers or whatever and recommend you. So they already for sure. are doing But getting back to the you. disadvantages, Eduardo, <laughs> just talking about like the, the irregularity, okay. I think, okay. I mean... Andrew kind of summed up all the disadvantages in his spiel, but like the work can be so irregular with trying to find and maintain these clients. Uh, some days you could have, or some months you could have, you know, five contracts or five projects to work on. The next month it could be just one. A month after that it could be absolutely none. And then even after that you could have like 12 come in and that 12 could be Feast or famine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feast or uh, famine. All those 12 yeah. could also come in, and that could be, you know, ideally that's a great thing, like having 12 contracts come in, but you're just maybe one person. You can't manage all of that, uh, which can be a huge stressor on you, and that could be a big disadvantage to just the whole idea of just freelancing. Like, like or, or you hire more people, and you make a company, and you're a billionaire. Wow, no, we, we took a leap. With the disadvantages. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually another good thing, actually. I didn't mention this earlier, which is actually a core, almost like I would call it a core tenant of freelancers, and that freelancers do have certain rights that are actually protected by, you know, laws and yada, yada, in the United States, but you know, one of those rights are like you can you can basically hire out if you wanted. You don't have to do the work yourself. So if you're really good at like networking and finding people to do jobs and convincing them to do it for you know X amount of dollars or some cheaper amount, then and you're making profit. That's totally fine. So you can be just a contractor 
of contracts, I guess. So you can do that and still maintain. But anyway, like a recruiter, not like a recruiter, but I mean, just like almost. Yeah, pretty much like a recruiter. Yeah. Well, there's all shades of that. There's, you know, the recruiter, the businesses like that. And then there's like, yeah, I'm just going to advertise this and ship it off to somebody cheaper somewhere else. And then like, you know, so, you know, there's just less involvement with it. You know, I don't know. It's like you've got some sort of uh, coding mill or house, yeah. you know, sort of factory yeah, that, they, that you, you know, you're really sort of separated from the product. Yeah, it's, at some point it turns yeah, yeah, into we're actually it turns into a, a little bit away from freelancing, <laughs> yeah. but it's still kind of... I guess tied to it. Um, actually, I kind of I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit and talk about some of those other key differences between like the full time freelancer versus the part time freelancer, um, and just like because we've been talking about like stresses and, and disadvantages. One of the main stressors, like I think Ryan did touch on this actually, is just being a full time freelancer. You do have a full time job, so you are you know you have that extra added stress of trying to find time like. Uh, actually, like Andrew was talking about, just trying to find time between school or between work and getting contracts going, that overhead of finding new clients, the overhead of actually doing the work, um, and that how, how that much of a stressor that can be on the full-time uh, freelancers, whereas, or the part-time freelancer, whereas the full-time does have more time and more, I guess, wiggle room when it comes to scheduling and, and organizing um, his clients and work. Um, so yeah, I guess another thing is, oh, well, I guess with that on the opposite end, I guess the free time, the part-time freelancer does like having that exorbitant or sorry, full-time freelancer, having all that time to dedicate to these, these clients and to these projects, it's kind of easy. It can be really easy for them to get burned out as well, because it's, I don't know about you guys, especially when I'm working on my own things, I can over, I guess, overextend myself when it comes to my projects. Exactly. Just yeah. work Welcome too to much. Work Saturdays, work Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, every day of the week. And I'm working almost until 10 p.m. Um, and just working crazy amount of hours. And that can happen as a freelancer where you do lose track, especially as you start to build that clientele and build those uh, those projects. You start to your days start to roll together and you need to actually schedule time to get away from your work. Because especially when you're not so a lot of people make this mistake as well is when you mix your your home atmosphere, your bed or your bedroom or, you know, with being in your office. So you start to, you know, work <laughs> where you should be sleeping. What do you do in your office? Keep it out of the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just like a mental thing, a psychological, uh, a psychological thing where you need to make that sir. there's a separation there. So you're not devoting so much time uh, in the office yeah. when you should be like sleeping and resting and, and recouping. Yeah, that and that and that can fluctuate. When I did it, it could fluctuate between different, like yeah, between yeah. being totally lazy for days or being totally like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? You know what I mean? We need to go somewhere. Like, yeah, that that's a yeah, exactly. self discipline's a must if you do it. True. Cool. Cool. Um. So anyway, yeah, let's I guess transition to more some more practical steps to take to actually get your freelancing business or freelancing goals like started. And one of the first practical steps, which I, I did mention in the very beginning, is just to clarify your goals. I think this is almost like our, our scope episode that Andrew did. Uh, just like clarifying your goals is going to help ba- basically key in and direct your trajectory for freelancing and figure out what you want to get out of freelancing. Um, so, uh, yeah, clarifying your goals is critically important to, to being successful in freelancing. Uh, and one of the first questions you should be asking yourself is, like, what service do I want to offer? Um, again, we've we've kind of touched on this, but, like, you could be just doing web design. You could be doing uh, marketing for the thing. Like, you could be doing QA for a, gump, uh, a game. Uh, you could be game hosting, which I think a lot of people do uh, or, you know, do a lot, a lot of times. Uh, you could be marketing, you know, do marketing and social media for the company. So there's a lot of things you could be doing uh, as a freelancer that you may not also you may not even think about as a possible service that you could provide. So you, you really need to sit back and, and think about what services do you want to provide? What services do you enjoy providing? Because you don't want to be doing things and put things on your your online profile about, uh, you know, uh, aspects of game that you don't really enjoy because then you don't want to be signed up for that. Uh, but also, uh, I'm glad that you say um, that idea of clarifying your goals, because 
Maybe you start with freelancing, but your goal mm -hmm. is to open a consulting company. Um, you have, if you set up your goals to do that, you have to have in mind that freelancing uh, is going to be temporal. So it's a temporary job. So you might uh, be a freelancer for two years, three years, but after that, you're going to um, find or, or fight for your goal. So instead of um, avoiding doing freelancing, use it as a tool to reach whatever you want, in this case, uh, opening a consulting company. So uh, just think it that way, if, if that's what you want to do, or opening your, your indie studio. But freelancing can give you like a, a big network. Uh, it will give you um, like a rich portfolio that you can show later and it can open a bunch of doors. So for sure. Just uh, so yeah, another goal that you definitely want to, or question you need to be asking yourself when, as you're clarifying these goals is to determine what your target market is going to be and the niche you're going to be in a uh, game industry. Like, Hey, I want to be a freelancer for the game industry. That's, that's cool as a, as a target market, quote unquote target market. Uh, but it is good to also try to dig down and define maybe more clearly define who you want to reach, who you want to, you know, really soak up all your services. Uh, so like, it could be like, do I want to just cater to individual game developers or small projects or large projects or even studios? So, um, you know, asking yourself those questions really will help you define uh, how to approach freelancing. And, and, you know, those clarifying questions will make you uh, a better freelancer. Um, again, you could be like, hey, I just wanted to work on Unity projects or I just want to do web-based projects or mobile projects. So keep asking yourself these questions before you get started uh, to really define where you should go, uh, what your freelancing trajectory should be. Um, I guess the next section that we want to touch on uh, for like your beginner's how-to in freelancing is, and I think we've all touched on this, is just preparing your brand and building a presence, uh, whether online or in person, uh, about your your service as a freelancer. Um, Andrew, you already talked about just networking and how vitally important it is to a freelancer. Um, so yeah, you guys want to talk about like some of the ways people can build a presence or build their brand, I guess, as a freelancer? Sure. So uh, I think one of the most important things if you're going to be a freelancer is have your own website like personal website that identifies your your uh, brand and how, when I say brand is how do you want um, people to see you? Like, what do you want them to perceive? Oh, this is a responsible or a skillful developer or, oh, this person is really casual, is is really cool, but... So in this case, you have to um, like be professional. You have to show uh, proficiency in your job so uh, put as much polished things as, as possible uh, also have your LinkedIn profile uh, ready for everything have um, like GitHub projects just as, uh, as uh, you would have for uh, a job interview uh, you have a, a GitHub project that you want uh, people to see uh, to see your job and, and how you code yeah, have something like that um, ready. Um, of course, if you're going, you're going to do a bunch of networking, so have uh, business cards, um, be active on social network. You never know who's who's listening to what you post. Well, have a go ahead. Oh, that's a good. I was going to jump off that what you just said, being active, because that's like the biggest thing too that the building your brand as a freelancer, any kind of contractor work is all about. Cause if you go to a job and you do an interview, you guys did a great episode about that. And we're always looking for people that really are kind of giving it back to you in that interview. Right. That's showing like, no, they they're convincing me that they want to be here, not just answering my questions. Right. That, right. But that goes up to the nth degree. If you're going to be a freelancer, 
because you have to sell the shit out of yourself. You have to yeah. sell your shit. Just sell your shit. Sell the shit out of yourself <laughs> so much to the extent that they might not even think they need a freelancer. You see what I'm saying? So if you know people and like goes in the network and you're talking, it's like, oh, we're having trouble with our modeling team. They can't do certain things. You're like, well, let me help you out because I've actually done this. I did consulting when I was doing that. I went and did consulting for my old, an older company that I worked for, and I basically did the exact what I'm talking about. So I sold them an idea because I had to come and help them for a day with something. Like, this is the graphic design and web stuff. And I saw how they were, you know, their operation or what their team was doing. It's like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I should come in here two days a week, blah, 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 you know, and this is what I want to get paid, and this is what I can help you with. So... It's even beyond just being, you know, outspoken and articulate. You have to almost be leading that conversation because you're selling. You know, you really have to guide them and show them your brand, what you're all about, how that can, you know, help them and what the solution to the, their particular problem that may, they might not know they have is. So that brand is super important. It's like having, like you said, that website showing all that stuff. And the, and the brand, like Eduardo said, it's not just about these physical things. It's just about your reputation through that uh-huh. networking and being active all the time. And also, just like in a job, just emphasize when you're talking to a client, emphasize what you're going to do for them right. and not how much are they going to pay you because they're looking for someone who's going to help them solve, solve their, pl- their problem. They're not looking for someone to, to give away their money. Or even so, even even being bragging about yourself. So like, well, I can do all this stuff. No, no, don't worry about, even about that. The money, and we'll get to the money in a second, I know, but the money and even like your skill set, they could give a shit less, really. They want to know, they have problems yeah. in studio, you know, runners and all this stuff. They need things done and if you can paint that picture for them the money and then they're like can you do this sometimes yeah, I mean, you have you to understand like, don't they're coming to you for a reason like the reason they are coming the reason that you're even in the building right is because or on the phone call is because they have a problem they need fixing they need they have a some problem that needs a solution and they're hoping you can give it to them and that's why like andrew said you need to really sell yourself and say hey i am the solution to your problem <laughs> basically Exactly. So, so, right. Exactly. Yeah. I am your man. Yeah. The confidence and then because you also have to have shit to back yourself up. So you need to have that portfolio, like Eduardo said, on LinkedIn or be active on those other other sites like GitHub or if you're doing art, you're doing like ArtStation, <coughs> DeviantArt, CG Society, all those are, uh, you know, other forums and even on Stack Overflow, just show them that. You know, you are an active contributor in this field. You have like domain expertise in this field that they want. They have a problem with. So that's why you're the best person for that job. And and then again, like uh, Andrew also said, is just that money will come. Like if you're able to, just like in any job, if you're able to sell yourself and sell yourself as a solution to the problem, they're gonna be like, hey, we need this problem solved. We can. We're willing to pay X amount of dollars or pesos. To I don't know why I said that, but to, to have this solution. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I was just nobody's I from mean, Mexico. It, here. Yeah, <laughs> though no, in the other no, interview, he's doing a contract work out of Mexico. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't know where places are though. By the way, because he was be quiet. Thought, anyway, let's. Uh, what was it? We were talking to people from Scotland the other day. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let, listen to our interview with Late Panda, and you'll hear his knowledge of geography. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember now. Like, I would just like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I'll keep hitting this point this entire time, and and this is kind of a, it's a bad thing about the consultancy world and the freelancing world to get the job. Being able to explain what you want to do and how you can help them, it's it's actually way more important than any kind of portfolio. But if you're a real person and you're not a charlatan, <laughs> you know, having that portfolio helps because every now and then, a lot of times a manager or people, yeah, all right, yeah, awesome. You'd be surprised how far you can get along in that process me, yeah, of somebody let me bringing you in without <laughs> exactly. before they ask you. So what qualifications do you have? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's always some person like, well, can we see his work? And then you go, oh, yeah, no, here it is. Like, oh, awesome. So, yeah, having that to back up. But just know that you can get a long way before that. <laughs> yeah, but don't. That I'm not sense. telling you to skis people out. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, on the, on, the other, on the other side of the spectrum, I would say if there's a job that 
you know, like, you don't have all the skills for the job, but you have most of the skills, don't be afraid to, to try to get a job. Because if you know that you can figure it out, just go for it. You don't have to have the the a hundred percent of the requirements for the job because that's yeah it goes for everything yeah exactly most, most of the time that's not the case that goes for so, full that goes for like full time yeah I mean yeah don't try to check every box there's nobody can do that just make just sell them on what you can do and if it's relevant cool. so so uh, yeah just going to jump ahead I think um, we've talked about this as well but maybe we should talk about it a little bit more especially since we have a lot of conferences coming up but also going along with creating that that online presence with the LinkedIn and etc you also need to create a physical presence by being at conferences and, and going to these conferences to network 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 with other people other game developers it's, it's especially critical for game developers because i mean we're, we're i wouldn't say a small community but we are a community of people that you know when you know each other you guys know each other and we can start you know forming these bonds at different conferences we see you at pax we see you at gdc and then we see you at unite and that those relationships can transcend it and beyond you know go beyond just you know hey how are you doing in business cards and, and translate to you know doing projects together and doing you know actual you know starting businesses together so there's a lot that can come from going to conferences so definitely create a physical pre- presence be places go places you know show your face communicate with people beyond just skype and in text um game jam participation is another good thing you know participate just show that you're committed and you have you know basically you're saying that you have expertise in these fields in in game development by being at these related things yeah game jams yeah uh, yeah and i was gonna say too that and we're gonna do, that's a teaser for next week's episode we're gonna do a conference episode or networking episode i think but but the, just to hit on it too, like you said, the conferences, the good thing about those are is that people are primed to make those relationships. So they're like a GDC, like employers are yeah, looking exactly. for contractors and employees and stuff at those places, exactly. you know, so you don't even have to do a lot of work. You just have to start a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you don't even have to start the conversation. Uh, right. <laughs> start for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Just hand them a drink. Pull the old Zach move and say bring the first people word. drinks. That's creepy. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, another practical <laughs> step that, I think not... that I wrote down here is just, um, this is actually an interesting one. It's just someone asked me at one time is like, as a freelancer, should I create my own LLC or corporation or, or company? Um, and I think there's a lot of advantages. And I think a lot of people would recommend and do recommend just creating the LLC or corporation for your, your um for your freelancing gig because there's you know it does protect you and your personal assets from you know some negatives that could come out of freelancing like if you were sued by a company um you're not not everything is going to be tied to your personal accounts and personal savings accounts etc or car you know you can't you can't be held that accountable if you do have that the covering of an LLC or a corporation uh it also affords you the ability to open like businesses account business accounts uh with a bank that helps you manage slash separate your you know your personal assets from your business's assets so there's a lot that goes into that part of that part of um you know freelancing and corporate company management and you know all that stuff so that's kind of beyond the scope of this conversation but Anyway, generally speaking, it's a really good thing to start an LLC or corporation. And there's a lot of uh, resources out there like LegalZoom that, you know, I think three of us here have already started companies via that. Um, So definitely look into that. Um, So finally, speaking of money and stuff, I think the one of the probably the most important parts for a lot of freelancers and start people who are getting started with freelancing is just setting pricing for your product and for your service. Um, it's like an age old dilemma of like, how do I set my prices? Where do I start? What can, what do I think about? Um, so, and cause it, it's really completely dependent on the services you're offering, uh, the amount of services you're offering and your, again, your proficiency with those services or, and your ability to sell those services or your proficiency in those services. So there's a lot that goes into it. So it's really hard for us to give us a, a, a cold, hard and it's answer of, you know, this is what you should charge for this amount. Um, do you guys want to talk about like, you know, some of, I guess, the problems you can get into with setting prices? I guess for products. Well, I, I would say the biggest, the first piece of advice is don't be afraid to charge too much. If that makes sense, like, 
people when you're going into business stuff and i used to feel like this and now as you get older it's like i don't care you lose that <laughs> little bit of embarrassment. like don't be afraid to go too high i mean i'm not saying like charge the hell out of people but i'm just saying you have to value out value evaluate you know what you think it's worth and what you know kind of get comps you know what other people would are charging that comes from asking around and seeing that's kind of the hard part you just never know but there but when i, I found when you start charging for yourself because this is like when you're employed this people this happens when you're an employee and you're trying to argue for your salary too you can get that imposter syndrome you're like well, i don't deserve that you know jesus they're gonna it's like no it's like because something you need to add what is the standard or what do i want to get what is this job worth for it worth it for me to do it because that goes back to the freedom thing of choosing jobs the cool thing about uh freelance is if you don't kind of won't, don't want to do a certain project you can charge people more and see like you charge what you would what it would be worth to you and sometimes they'll go for it or sometimes they won't so it's a natural way of selecting jobs sometimes but sometimes also too that if you charge too low that's part of just the the um the convincing process because sometimes if you're like yeah yeah this is pretty good and then you say you give them an amount it's like just piddly stuff they're like this guy's not for real you know what i mean yeah. or this girl's yeah. not for real like so you have to say well this is what i want don't be afraid to charge a professional price and they because they're never going to go if they're smart and if you <laughs> if you want to work with them they're never going to go no they're going to that starts a conversation about that and you yeah exactly negotiate down so just so, don't yeah, be afraid there, there, there's definitely my, advantages and disadvantages to both setting a price too high though or setting a price too low like andrew mentioned mentioned uh the high part is like you definitely could just lose work someone could say no that's way too high for me and i'm out of here right just be like a hollywood superstar <laughs> charge five million per project i'm tom exactly. hanks and i'm a freelancer <laughs> eduardo just negotiates up he's eduardo's eduardo just well, he negotiates 000. up he's like five thousand they're yeah. like no that's and he's like no all right well ten thousand then so you just lost the print i was like what you just said five like yeah, well it's going up now and again you could charge too low and then you just over and then you do get the project and they say okay yes i'll take your five dollar for two months work uh and then you just overextend yeah. yourself mentally emotionally physically and well and i'll, I'll add to that too before there's a caveat that when you're starting it's always a relationship to how much you can back it up right so if you can back it up with a portfolio or a history or other people and references or just by sheer will and talking to them then you can charge more but if you're just starting out you're gonna have to take jobs for free sometimes sometimes that's how you get started you say hey <clears throat> And like you're a student or something it's like hey i'd like to help out like i tried some designs for this thing you know sometimes you do stuff like that or you do you take jobs that are lower but they could help you out so it's all like a balance but like you said that's like a that's like a cardinal rule too like never <laughs> don't do jobs for family actually actually is a good question man i was one gonna i wanted to ask you guys that question like whether you guys consider like working for free is that something you would recommend or like, when do you really recommend working for, quote-unquote, free? No, I wouldn't recommend that in general. Like, I mean, if you're a professional, get paid for your work. Don't let anyone, like, try to, like, you know, like, act like they're doing you favors yeah. or that you're not capable. It's like, no, you've trained to do something. You've proven you can do something. You know, get paid for it. Like, if it's friends or family, you know, maybe evaluate it. But then, you know, but that's, that's favors. You know, that's not really work. Yeah, you know, so, but definitely... Don't let, I mean, because this happens a lot in, I think, the game industry where people are like, well, you know how to code or you know how to do some art. Could you just? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, I could just, but this <laughs> but is I how I make just. my living. So, <laughs> yeah, I won't just, yeah, not for less yeah. than this just. So, yeah. Well, and I was saying that too. Like, that's, it only, that only applies if you're like starting and you know the, but if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to commit to doing a project for somebody for free, a really low amount beyond what you're comfortable and like, but you're doing it for a reason. Like you have no portfolio. You're like, well, I can do this yeah. for this for this weekend, yeah. and you know, yeah, make yeah. sure you have boundaries. Yeah. Actually, set up. there was a. I kind of want to put this. I'm definitely gonna put this in the show notes. But there was an article by Seth Godin that kind of explored <laughs> this whole concept of working for free. And he was one of the things that quotes that he said in there is like, it really depends on what you consider work you know quote unquote work and really what you consider quote unquote free so i think that was like excellent line it was right, like it does right. it really just depends on what you are you know your your circumstance and your context of working and for free um so anyway uh and actually uh, ryan mentioned just like if you're a professional and you know setting that that 
rate for yourself. And I think it's actually easier for people who have been in the industry or who have experience with, say, game in, or the game industry uh, to be able to set their prices as a freelancer if they were to, you know, jump ship, not jump ship, but <laughs> leave that, that steady paycheck uh, and do freelancing full time. It's easier for them to see and, and evaluate their rate or their, you know, their ideal hourly rate as a freelancer or annual rate as a freelancer. Um, because that stuff changes too yeah. across That's uh, stratums of employers, right? Even because location. if you have a smaller company or yeah, absolutely. When I was a graphic designer, I did stuff for smaller companies when I started out, right? And I was like, okay, these are people that are their companies owned by like just families, or you know, I mean, they're just tinier companies. And the amount like I got paid then, and then at some point I got a, I got in touch with like he's like a recruiter basically right and I just showed my portfolio and they got me in touch with like corporate companies and those corporate companies mm-hmm. literally pay about three times what my salary was and I did less work at this corporate you know what I mean so there are stratums where people at a smaller company is like the hundred bucks for this guy but it, it corporations are bigger studios or bigger companies they you'd be appalled by the amount of money they shell out for things, you know? So you have to know, you know, your domain and yeah, know the so relation. I guess, yeah, have, I guess so. we're starting to wrap things up, but just to, I guess, put a nice little bow on it or bow on it, just <laughs> saying that a little cocaine yeah, on the way out. Just Let's put some it. blow on it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, uh, the bow is that freelancing is is fluid. It, it's a fluid, a fluid a- aspect of life or careers and and game development. Um, so you know, understand that it is fluid. So you need to be able to modify what you're doing, modify your skill set, modify and tweak your portfolio. Be willing and you know actually eager to modify your pricing as well. It's going to change, like Andrew said, depending on where you are, what you're doing, when you're doing it, how you're doing it, etc. Those things are going to change. So make sure you're being fluid. Again, I mean, you're you're having to pick and pick different clientele you know, month to month or week to week. So it is a very fluid, um, you know, environment to be in. So just understand that because that will also make sure you're able to really flourish as a freelancer and developer. So. Ovina, you said fluid like like 10 times. Well, (laughs) whatever. That's the word of the day. It's for emphasis. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to build off of that a little, to add one more thing to that. I mean, I'd like I'd also maybe try to like reflect and refactor too. Like you know, maybe between each project, or you know, maybe a certain every certain t- like time frame, like six months a year or something. I don't know. It may be good to just like for anybody doing anything to just reflect on the past like sort of job you'd done or like you know situation you were in and say like, oh, how did that go? What did I like? You know, and how yes. might I change it for the next one? You know, that type of like you said, evolve. Yeah. You know, be fluid and evolve. Yeah, and also also uh, another thing that I would recommend is with the with your clients, ask them for feedback to see how how you can improve and how you can get better over time. So it's like a, in a normal full time job, you ask for feedback to your project manager. So just just you you don't you won't regret it. And I think what would be cool too, because yeah. this is like a um. Because like you said at the beginning, this is like a general, you know, overview because this stuff applies to freelance of any industry and stuff. I, I think it'd be cool. For we sure. should, at some point in the future, we can get like a guest on the show that actually has done a lot of game, you know, with company, like freelance with companies and other sources. Because they do that a lot where you see like, oh, we made a, because a lot of times freelancing in this world where it's like professional, it's like, oh, we did a, the Ninja Turtles movie's coming out. So they wanted a website, a game on their website. You know, I've seen that a lot. That's like a big industry. And there, there's probably a lot of uh, good do's and don'ts for once you have the project. These are kind of, you know, we we're just talking around it. It'd be fun to talk to them about those best practices about that. That'd be, I'd be interested to find out about that. Heck yeah. I know, uh, actually, I remember going to one of Angry Ants or here watching one of his talks he did at Unite. Uh, and I saw him in a Unity channel. I kind of wanted to shake him and see if he could join us on the show. But anyway, hopefully we see him down at Unite uh, and we can grab him on the show because I know he's done a lot of freelancing, for, especially with Unity. So if you guys know him, tell him to come on the show. <laughs> cool. So that, that wraps up uh, freelancing in the game industry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah we'll take a quick break and be back with game of the week
All right, we have a first tonight on the show at this part in the program. We have a sponsor. That's right. Uh, we're going to start a new thing over the next few months and start putting in sponsors when people are uh, kind enough to host us because we've got to pay for bandwidth. we got to pay for hosting costs and all that stuff. Zach's got to play Destiny. He's got to buy all the expansions. I'm just kidding. None of this money goes to that. But it does help us bring this show to you every week. That being said, our first sponsor is KN Air Filters. K&N automotive and motorcycle replacement air filters are designed to increase horsepower and acceleration while providing outstanding engine protection. The simple-to-install air filter is backed by the K&N Million Mile Limited Warranty and will be the last air filter your vehicle will ever need. Go to kninfilters.com slash podcast and get a great deal on a K&N replacement air filter with free shipping. And as a bonus, you also get a free K&N hat. So that's pretty cool. So if you need your car buff, car nut, or you need air filtered, go check that out. We want to thank KNN for sponsoring the show. So tonight's game of the week is Heroes of the Storm. Hot, 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 hot. Um, so yeah, uh, I've recently um, got into playing Heroes of the Storm. By way of my uh, coworkers, they kind of got me started into playing HOTS. I've been a, I've been like a league player for the longest, um, but yeah, now I just started playing HOTS, which is really actually pretty fun. Uh, which I I've heard negative things about it coming from league, but it's actually really fun. It's really simple, easy to play, pick, easy to pick up. Well, yeah, you're hearing negative things because those are the league guys trying to get you to come back on the art team. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's like, that's true. too simple. It's kitty stuff, you know. It's like, well, yeah, because yeah. they miss you. Obina. Yeah, it's crazy. It's even even like you know what got I me. Mean, it's even like their Blizzard's launcher. It's just they're they're so clean. It's like their launcher is amazing. Oh, yeah. Like it's just everything is like really well done um, from that company. Um, but yeah, the UI is pretty. Actually, UI was kind of kind of confusing when i started playing hot like character selection it wasn't mm. really that intuitive for me um but yeah it was a, it's a really good game it's just like league minus there's no concept of last hits though everything's more of a co-op um you know everyone plays together everyone kills together and everyone wins together yeah ex- earns um, xp together levels together so it's a much more sort of team-oriented communal experience i guess um yeah and a lot of even the, the goals aren't necessarily you know most of the time in league maybe not all the time you want to basically kill 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 you know but in hots there's other <clears throat> objectives on the maps like oh i need to go get the coins to pay the pirate or i need to collect all these little seedlings to feed them to the plant monster who will then run down the lane and like bash stuff so there's yeah, you gotta yeah. go a, a huge variety of play styles i guess yeah yeah it's, it's really good um yeah i think just like the the variety of maps and like the the mechanics on the maps change so it's not like league you kind of have the same exact mechanics you got the dragon you've got this uh well they they do have extra modes like the aram i guess which is like everyone's in the same in them going down one yeah. lane but and there's there's actually a less emphasis on roles well maybe i'm only i'm so fresh and hot so i don't know if there's a strong emphasis but it seems like there's less of an emphasis on roles uh whereas you know you did have your top lane or you have them you know your your mid guy you have your support and your your carry in uh, league of legends and then your jungle so they all like have really specific roles whereas hot seemed like it was a little loose yeah it's it's definitely like I, i've been playing this some too i'm by no means an expert but uh it's like just playing some of it yeah you're right obina it's like you're not so concerned about who's assigned to what lane because again these map objectives make you kind of make you guys sort of become the word of the day more fluid and have to like sort of change you know change your objectives and goals yeah, depending on what's happening on the map um and then also the t- so but also team comp does matter because you still want to like have a strong sort of set of damage dealers or maybe control people or healers you know you want to make sure that's well balanced because you don't want to come in and get rolled by you'll get rolled by somebody who's more thinking about the team composition than you are yeah cool yeah quick question what's who's your favorite hero on there or champ 
don't know what they. Oh call yeah, them. yeah, just heroes. The, 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 um, I like. I guess Jim Rayner. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. It's like Vanilla Guy number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, he. I don't. I don't play a ton, so it's like but he's one that I feel. I think. Yeah, I like him best because I feel the most confident with him. It's like okay, I know his kit. I know how to build him. I know how to play him. Like I started to get into Kerrigan more because I like these divey sustain characters from League of Legends, like Warwick and stuff. But um, you know, but her, I'm still trying to figure that out a little more because you know I'll dive at the wrong time and all of a sudden I'll get my face blasted off and I'm like, sorry guys, you know. I like how don't they? It's been a while since I played. Cause I played it for a few months, like probably like a year ago, whenever it first came out. Um, do they still have on the character select screen where it shows like their difficulty? Like this is an easy yeah, character. Yeah. That's pretty like cool. I think easy, that's awesome. Yeah. Because that's why you end up picking Jim Rayner. You're like, well, it says it's easy, so I'll just pick yeah. him. That's fine. He's yeah. got a gun. He's easy. You know, it's like, give me that <laughs> redneck. I want that redneck right there. <laughs> well, they do a good job of like you know on ramping onboarding people into that because, yeah. like you said, they don't have thing and they gotten rid of some of the stuff that because honestly with like league when you get into that you do the tutorial like okay okay i just hit people okay but it's like no it's all about no it's about like last hits it's about farming the gold you know it's all those things are just it's like i'm not supposed to push this lane no you're supposed to kind of just chill out and then you're like wait hold on what so whereas this is like they what they teach you it's kind of the game now of course if you got into the higher higher level like you said that is less about specialization, but I think it's because it's like, well, this one has a much better casual layer in it mm-hmm. that you can just have fun. And I'm, I guarantee you there are teams that really do specialize and really do stuff oh, that yeah. you can't even. But I think they do a good job of letting us noobs play it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that does come with like the exclusion of having to worry about items in addition to mm. like talents and oh, skills. Yeah. Like yeah. League has like three levels of, you know, intricacies and complexities of making your character, you know, act a certain way. So whereas Hots is like literally just one level, which is the talent level. Yeah. Uh, and then the role, of course. Yeah, and that's that's right. a good thing to big thing to bring up too is with Hots, you know, you've you've essentially got a talent tree you're picking. So, you know, from levels like, you know, one to five to ten, you know, as those come up, you'll have multiple options of abilities to pick. And, you know, how you build those out can really, you know, makes a decision on how you're going to work with your team and what your role is going to be on that team, perhaps. And so some, you know, some characters will build out different ways. And what it also does is sort of locks you into it, too, because like you were mentioning with the items, you know, you 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 don't have to worry about that all that item balancing. And then maybe all of a sudden somebody's doing something different and you're like, oh, well, shit, maybe I better go sell all this crap and right. re- respect this other way so it definitely smooths and simplifies that which sometimes it can feel like crap i chose wrong and now this is the world i live in but um you know it's it's still kind of nice to just be like that decision's final can't do anything about that now let's just roll on so yeah you can make me download it again i don't think i want to play it it, it's i think it's worth i think it's a fun little game especially like even like you said the onboarding (laughs) the onboarding like i know they they did like a very rps or role-playing s game or intro is like the guys like you know we need to help our friends or anything uh, uh, anyway <laughs> so anyway it was just it's like more of a interactive experience and, and fun. yeah it's fun definitely much more user friendly so yeah. and it's free so yeah, and it's free. <laughs> <laughs> go, go check it out well, they try to get you to spend like always but anyway that was uh that was heroes of the storm our game of the week by blizzard yes Cool. So, Edward, do you want to tell us about, tell them about, you know, our Patreon and stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, so, if you find value in the podcast and you want to support us, uh, please go to patreon.com slash the debug log and um, donate one buck, whatever you want. 20 uh, bucks. Really, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would really appreciate it. So. And we also have a, um, if you go to the debuglog.com, there's a red button on the, on the, um, it's orange. right, <laughs> the what? It's, by the way, you're colorblind. You're colorblind, but <laughs> yeah. we'll work that out colorblind. later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's red, you know, what? and it's a button. <laughs> and it's in the right side of the screen, so. And in denial. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure it's orange, but okay, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> it's pretty sure it's orange because I. You're a programmer, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, Is you can it? find me on Twitter at OBeans. That's O with an H, Beans with a Z. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C U R R I E. I'm at R E Kilgore. That's R E K I L L G O R E. 
And I'm at Eduardo CF1989. Go download the hangman. The hangman. I remind you every week. Hangman. I already <laughs> yeah. reached a thousand people. That's awesome. Oh, congrats, That's man. Good and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Nice. Yeah, cool. go to Google Play and download the hangman. I'm going to download it on all the phones at work. Yeah, I saw I saw the bottom. It's orange. My bad. Okay. <laughs> now they're on the same page. I'm glad. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. It is kind of burnt orange, so it's it is like burnt a burnt orange. <laughs>